Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're turning on all four burners. That's right. We're talking NFL. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk uh, international basketball, NBA basketball, a little high school basketball. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. And we're also going to talk some NHL hockey with a special guest, Ryan McCarthy from Belly Up Sports Hockey Department. And that is what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast. Uh, we are uh, live on YouTube. We're going to be live on YouTube during these recordings. We'll put it out on uh, Twitter when we're going to be going on and Instagram as well. Uh, we're going to be doing Sunday afternoons and we're going to be working on trying to put out a little bit more content, uh, content. So maybe some Tuesday evening and some Thursday evening shows as well. Working on getting some good guests for you all as well. But today I'm joined again by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's an exciting time. All kinds of sports. You know, I, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, football season is kind of in itself great. And then you've got March Madness and everything that kind of surrounds that. I put that in there. But this time of year is, is I put it third in exciting sports times because you've got NBA playoffs, you've got NHL playoffs. If you're into college baseball, they're in the World Series playoffs and everything right now as well. You got some off-season stuff going on in the NFL. Baseball's in full swing. So yeah, it's a great time, great time to be a sports fan, uh, for sure. Uh, dad, we haven't had you on in a while. Uh, we've had a few people reach out. Well, not reach out, but I've been in conversation with people and they said, Oh, I really like it when your dad joins you. So I knew it was time, time to get you back back on the program and even though you're in mourning right now as uh the predators are have been eliminated from the nhl playoffs we'll talk about that more 
with Ryan McCarthy here in about uh, 10 to 15 minutes. He'll be joining us uh, to go over that. So, Dad, I'm, we're going to talk about four different sports today. We're going to start off with football. And uh, our football segment today is sponsored by Belly Up Sports. You go to bellyupsports.com. You're going to find articles about all kinds of sports things, podcasts, including ours. You're also going to find a lot of fantasy sport information. Baseball uh, is, of course, the, the big thing going on right now. All that available at bellyupsports.com. The main football topic, Dad, is Julio Jones at the moment, at least. The Atlanta Falcons have said back in the draft that it was it looks like Julio Jones was going to be moving. Of course, there was the controversy as Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones live on the air. And there's a lot of question about whether or not Julio Jones knew he was live on the air and all that kind of stuff. But the most recent reports... Uh, Diana Rossini seems to be all over this, but it's the Seattle Seahawks or the Los Angeles Rams at the moment seem to be the two main leaders. Seattle's gotten the main push going on right now. We're not going to know anything till after June the 1st, but I assume it's going to move quickly once June the 1st hits due to uh, cap situation and things like that. Julio Jones, I still have him in my top three NFL receivers, Dad. Um what do you think, well, whoever gets Julio Jones, what kind of player do you think they're getting? Well, they're getting a guy who obviously has been really, really good. And I think he's very motivated. I think he's still got a couple good years. And I don't think there's any doubt you put him with a good quarterback um, and a good system. I mean, he can he can improve any receiving core. So I think he can make a big difference you, as long as you got him with, you know, a good quarterback and a system that can get him the ball. And if he's with some other good wide receivers, then either he's going to be alone or he's going to take some heat off for them. Um, I mean, you had a guy like Julio Jones on there. Uh, I think it'll be an improvement for any team. Yeah, and then you talk about Seattle, you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that are already there. You've got Russell Wilson, who is a top 10 quarterback at, you know, maybe higher than that, but, uh, for sure, top 10 quarterback. I'm not as big on Russell as some people, but I, he's probably a top, what, five, six quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, he's 32 years old. Julio Jones is Atlanta says we need to get a first round pick back, supposedly. They have offers, including a future first-round pick. Um, 32 years old, is Julio Jones worth a first-round pick, in your opinion? Um, it, it depends on your team um, and how much you still have to build in other years. But if you're looking for making an impact next year and you're fairly deep, uh, yes, I, I, I think talent-wise, I think he's worth a first. You're not going to have a first-round receiver that's going to be any better than Julio Jones, I don't think, whether it was Jamar Chase or any of those guys. Now, they'll play longer, um, but I think Julio Jones is worth it. Not every team could afford that. Um, but there are some quarterbacks that, you know, like I said, Russell Wilson, he fit good. Stafford is probably salivating with the idea of <laughs> throwing to him. I mean, you know, that would be an awfully good fit. Um, you know, he's not Megatron, but boy, he, you know, um, he, he, he'd be, he'd be, a, uh, that'd be a really good fit too. Yeah. He's not far off of Megatron. I don't think. Uh, and I still think he's got enough in him. I don't, 
I can't imagine why you wouldn't be willing to give a first round pick if that's the going price. If you can get them for a second round pick, by all means, but I don't see why you'd be afraid to give up a first round pick. I can't think of any team in the NFL with the exception of maybe Cleveland, just because of the drama that they already have there and Odell Beckham. But I can't imagine any team that wouldn't get better with Julio Jones on their team right now. And if I'm Atlanta, I'm holding out strong saying, no, I'm going to get what I want for this or we're not going to give him up. Although it seems like a situation where he's going to have to be gone. He doesn't want to be there anymore. But they have said, uh, or I've heard, I forget who it was now, but they said that, you know, this is not a, um, a, a nasty situation, meaning with Atlanta and Julio, it's not to the point right now where it's really ugly, meaning that Atlanta likes Julio, respects Julio, and they're going to trade him to someone decent. They're not going to, you know, trade him to Detroit. <laughs> they're going to trade him somewhere that he's happy with going and, uh, but they're going to need to get a return for him as well. But June 1st is really that deadline. That's when the cap numbers change, when it doesn't kill Atlanta to trade Julio. So along with that, June 1st might also be the date that we start getting some uh, resolution to the Aaron Rodgers situation. Now, I've been on record both on this podcast as well as on uh, other shows that I've gone on and talked about Aaron Rodgers. I still think he's coming back to Green Bay, um, but... I can't say that I'm as confident as confident about it today as I was even early last week just because of some different things. So dad, I've not had uh, we've talked once about the Rogers situation, but as it sits right now, June 1st is this week, so the cap numbers will change. How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Um I I think there is a good chance he'll be back. Um now again, you know, I think we're going to know real quick this week because if if there is going to be a trade, which they said they're not going to trade him, um, you know, it'll happen here the first of June, and I think it would happen real quick with him because he would either need to get acclimated to a new team or they want to get him in. Um, again, his wide receivers were all supportive of him and didn't come to OTAs. Um, so everybody wants to get that going from everything you hear. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversation. They're working on a deal. Um, some of the things I've heard that he has said, um, I don't think he's closed the door, uh, at least not hasn't let people know that, um, from there. So I think there's still a good chance. Now, if he comes back, you know, how quick can he get everybody's trust back? You know, how quick can everything work there? You know, can he be happy? Um, there's a lot of questions. But, again, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere with a better chance to win. Uh, I've been impressed that the players at the OTAs, they were all upbeat. They're ready to go. The defense is excited about the new coordinator. Um, Aaron Jones has said all the right things. You know, he's excited to come back. So there's a lot of tools there. Um and based on his situation and what he has said, I, I think there's a good chance um, that that he'll be back. Um, again, I, I think he's leaving a lot of people if he does uh, leave. And, um, you know, I, again, unless his demands, 
he's not given a lot of specific demands. You know, he's talked about the problem being philosophy. And yeah. if it's just a matter of people need to respect people more, um, <laughs> you know, those fences can be, can be mended. Um, but again, we may all be surprised on Wednesday. He may be wearing another uniform. But uh, or on the other hand, you know, he may be signed by Tuesday morning and ready to go. He's got to yeah. go one way or the other here pretty quick, I think. Yeah, and you know, people are like, "Well, the Packers need to trade Jordan Love." Well, it takes two teams to tra- to trade. So even if they wanted to trade Jordan Love someone else has to want Jordan Love in order for him to trade him. So it's not just as simple as, you know, if, if they trade, if they'll trade Jordan Love, then Rodgers will be happy and realize they're committed to him. You know, I don't think that's it. Um, there's really, in my opinion, only two teams that Rodgers can go to, and that's Denver or Vegas. Outside of that, I don't see him trading them him to the NFC. Washington could be a team that could get kind of sneaky in there and try to make a move, but I don't see it happening. Vegas makes the most sense in regards to they could send back a a quarterback, a second tier solid starting quarterback in the trade with Derek Carr. And Carr's uh salary number is not major. It's in the twenty millions, I think. Um so that's an option. Denver, what are they going to send back to Green Bay outside of draft picks that gets Green Bay excited? You know, would they send Bradley Chubb? That would excite Green Bay to some degree, but you know, they also have the Smith brothers <laughs> already in Green Bay as well, but I would take Bradley Chubb. But to me, Vegas makes the most sense because they have a quarterback that can offer Denver. It makes sense because they're out West. They're, they're in the AFC. Um, they have a team that if you add Aaron Rodgers to, they're going to be really good, but. I just, at this point, Green Bay has held strong to the fact that they're not going to trade them. You haven't heard any rumors recently about a Rodgers trade. Um, and as I've said all along, I've been listening to the former players, John Kuhn, James Jones, um, A.J. Hawk, and those guys have all kind of said the same thing. They want him to come back to Green Bay. And John Kuhn said he thinks he will come back to Green Bay. So those are guys that they're not talking directly, you know, asking those questions to Aaron Rodgers, but they do have some insight on what's going on with him. And to me, it makes the most sense that he just stays in green Bay and, uh, and, and ends maybe his career in green Bay. I think if he comes back, there has to be an extension. Doesn't there? I mean, if he's, if he's in green Bay, doesn't it have to be a long-term deal that keeps him there? Yes, I do. I, again, I think, you know, he has always said he wants to stay with one team and retire a Packer. And I, I would think this would be resolved if he stays here. Um, again, I think long term, um, you know, again, I, it would be interesting to see where Jordan Love goes. But I don't think it'll be a situation where, boy, you really have to move. Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the next couple of years, he should be fine. Um, talent wise, a great year last year. Um, you know, Jordan Love came back looking good, and that's good because, again, you know, Rodgers, what, set behind far of three, at least three years. Three, yeah. And um, I think the timing will be good for that. But again, Aaron Rodgers comes back, they win a Super Bowl. Name a road after him, everything's good. So we will see. <laughs> yeah, they're going to work something out with them. It's either, hey, let's just do this year and then we'll move you and work a deal out. Or they sign a long-term extension. They're not trading them this year, I don't think. Uh, no. I, I still feel pretty confident. I would say I'm in the 80 percentile of confidence 
that he returns to Green Bay. Whereas two weeks ago, I was in the 90 percentile. So I've dropped a little bit in my confidence. But nonetheless, uh, I am there at the moment. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right. We're going to talk about some hockey here in just a second. I want to uh, present to you first a new sponsor of the Sports Stove Podcast. We are now partnered with Yeti and Yeti Coolers. Yeti Coolers are at home on the dock, at the ranch, in the blind, or on the boat. And the Tundra 65-quart cooler is no exception. It's their most versatile cooler, just as adept at keeping your catches cold in the field as it is to storing the drinks and food for your backyard barbecue. This ice chest is plenty roomy and can hold a limit of redfish uh, or your prized brisket without breaking a sweat. Customize this Tundra 65 Yeti cooler with a collegiate or MLB logo. Those are only available in white, but you can click on the link in the YouTube comments or in the podcast notes to get yourself a new Yeti cooler. If you use the link that we provide for you, uh, we would surely appreciate it because it's it's going to let people know that you were listening to the Sports Stove podcast. Uh, all right, so at this time, we are going to bring in the one and only Ryan McCarthy from Belly Up Sports Hockey uh, Head Department. We're going to talk some NHL playoffs uh, with uh, with Ryan as well. Ryan, thank you so much for being back with us. Uh, appreciate you being, appreciate being back. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, you, I, and I knew, I knew I was going to be on sports stove today. So I, I bought myself some Mountain Dew. We're going to get wild. We're going to get wild. <laughs> Ryan's been busy along with his, uh, hockey department that he heads up at Belly Up Sports. He's got his podcast, No Credentials Required, and adding a little bit of fun to your life, Ryan, with some uh, indoor football. Yep, yep. Uh, The National Arena League started last night. The Albany Empire, uh, which is in my neck of the woods in Albany, New York, uh, resumed play. Uh, They joined a new league uh, this year, so went to the game last night. I'm a little bit tired, so I decided to do the stream from in my living room. So welcome to my living room, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right, let's talk some hockey. Uh, hockey playoffs. Oh, we're almost done with round one. one. One game left in round one before we get to round two. Let's start with round one. Uh, we've got a, we had a few, well, I mean, not upsets is the right way to go, but uh, which team was the most surprising to you in round one of the NHL playoffs? I'm going to be honest here. The Winnipeg Jets, uh, I I predicted the Oilers to win in six. I did not foresee a sweep by Winnipeg. So that was very – but 
they were all very cl- except for game one. They're all very close games. They all went to overtime, but Winnipeg wound up getting the goals at, that they needed at the right time and wound up taking the series in a sweep. So it's it was just a, just a very surprising turn uh, turn of events there. I I thought. The other Canadian matchup is what's left tied 3-3 Toronto and Montreal. Um, they're playing tomorrow night to see who goes into the second round. What do you expect out of that game with Toronto and Montreal? Uh, I'm hoping for an upset, honestly. Um, <laughs> I know some of my, I, know, I have several friends who are Toronto Maple Leafs fans and I'll drink their tears. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, I expect a tight game. It's been it's been tight the last couple of nights. I don't know if you knew this, but I, I was I was actually listening to uh, the Montreal uh, game last night from their 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 hub, and for the they they dropped some knowledge at the end. It's the first time ever for the first time ever, the team is a team that has surrendered two multi goal games in consecutive games in the playoffs, and yet they still won those games in overtime. Huh. And the fact, actually, it's, it's really cool. The fact that Montreal is starting to bring back fans is one reason why I'm hoping for an upset because I want to see uh, Center uh, Bell Center uh, rocking, even with 2,500 fans in in, in Bell Center. Uh, I want to see that. I, I want to see that go in the second round. Yeah, so I watched a lot of hockey last week. I was on vacation and had an opportunity to watch some games. I am and... so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. I was watching the, the the Predators Hurricane games and the crowds just electric, and then I turned on Toronto and Montreal, and I was like, "Come on, Canada!" Dead. <laughs> so dead. <laughs> but uh, hasn't the hasn't the fans? I mean, I knew that we missed fans. I didn't realize how badly we missed fans until watching Absolutely. both the the Knicks games. And the, and the NBA playoffs and the Nashville games in the NHL playoffs. I mean, the fans have been phenomenal and to see the, the electricity that's back in the air, uh, at sporting events has been, been really, really good. Um, I know you were big on the Islanders coming into the, to the playoffs. Um, they move out six games. They beat Pittsburgh, send Pittsburgh home. Uh, they're getting ready to face off. Actually, they already faced off against Boston once. They're down 1-0 in that series. So let's kind of transition to round two now. Boston and the Islanders. You got Carolina and Tampa, Colorado and Vegas, and uh, then who the winner of Toronto Montreal versus Winnipeg. Let's start with Boston and the and the Islanders. And your thoughts on that series? Uh, do the Islanders are they going to come back, or is this Boston's to win? I, I think they'll come back. I, it's 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 only 1-0, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, if, if you're if you're an Islanders fan, I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, they got they brought some depth in at the deadline to help them out. Uh, Travis Zajac had a huge play in game six game six to save a goal, and he matches up pretty well against any any good offensive player that the Bruins will have. Um, the Bruins, I I, I think they realize their windows is closing, especially with their with with three of their core guys, uh, uh, uh not Bergevin, uh. Marchand, uh, Russ, uh, uh, Tuka Rask, and I can't remember the other guy's name for the life of me for a second, but <laughs> they think they realize their window is closing a bit and they're trying to go as far as they can. Uh, but this, this Islanders team's hungry. They got a lot of good, they got a lot of veterans. Uh, I mentioned in another, in, uh, FN Sports that Barry Trotz just knows, he just, as you guys know well, far, uh, far too well about Barry Trotz and his ability to match up. Uh, player against player. So 
if I'm the Islanders, I'm not. If I'm not Islanders, I'm not too worried about it. Just would one at the TD at the TD Center, uh, uh, TD Garden. Bring it back to the island. It'll have fans there that will just be hungry and starving for another win. Hopefully, maybe it gets a little chippy, uh, like the last series, uh, like the three games, games three and four. So they still game the still a couple games at the TD Garden and win win the thing in the uh, win the East in the in the Isle. Yeah, and you know Boston again. I don't. I'm not. I don't follow Boston hockey, but um, they let uh, Chara go at the beginning of the year, correct? Yes. And yep, so right is before, that right before? Yeah. So that's kind of the sign of them making that move, that transition now to what's next for them, right? Yeah, they have a they have a very young defensive group, uh, but they're a solid defensive group. They, they're very well coached. Uh, Charlie McAvoy is one of their. As, as a guy who's basically taking over for Chara in that role of mm-hmm. a top defenseman and of top, well, basically the number one defenseman. So uh, he, they're, they're again, the Boston's the same way. They're very well coached. Uh, they can score goals uh, in bunches as they, did, as they did last night. And I expect this to be a, uh, again, a very tight series. And you know, it, it just they're good. They're a good team. They're a good team. Very, very lots of veterans, and that's going to be a tight series. All right, let's move on to Carolina and Tampa. The game one is Sunday night uh, tonight as we're recording. And uh, Carolina, again, I saw a lot of them you know, over this last series against Nashville. They got a rookie goalie. They put the puck in, in the goal a fair amount against Nashville. Tampa, uh, a solid team last year and again this year. What do we expect out of this series between Carolina and Tampa? You've got a team that's looking to repeat and prove that last year wasn't, I wouldn't say a fluke, but I would say the same. I guess they're out to prove that they can, they're going to be an elite team for years to come. Uh, I guess the team that's up and coming, very, ex- a very exciting team to watch uh, as we, as uh, against, yeah, well, against uh, Nashville, you saw, we saw a lot of that. Uh, they're going to have the fans on their side. Uh, Carolina's going to have the fans on their side, and they finished first for they finished in first place in the Central for a reason, and they get the home ice advantage. That's going to be that's going to be huge. If Tampa could steal a win uh, at the uh, RBC, as it was RBC Arena or RBC Center uh, in in Raleigh, if they can steal a game, that could that could swing things towards mm-hmm. a Tampa base favor. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, you know, Carolina's got some young goaltenders. I guess a young goaltender, uh, and Jack Nedjakovic, Nedjakovic, and but he's a solid goaltender. Dude. But they got he's got a solid group in front of him. Uh, Dougie, Dougie Hamilton in defense, uh, Sebastian Aho as in at, at center, uh, Jacob Slavin. He's a plus five right now. He's leading the team in the, in the plus five. He's good. He's a good, good solid defensive forward. Uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna go. I think it's gonna go to seven games. To be honest with you, hmm. definitely two good teams uh, for sure. Then Colorado and Vegas at the beginning of the hockey season, I came on your podcast, and Colorado is one of the teams that I mentioned that uh, I was kind of excited to see what they did this year. A pretty young squad, from what I understand. I'm not a Vegas fan. I appreciate the entertainment value that Vegas brings, um, <laughs> but. Uh, as a Nashville fan, I couldn't be a Vegas fan. So uh, I'm rooting for Colorado, but what do we expect out of Vegas and Colorado? I think it's going to go seven uh, as, in this in the series too. Uh, two very good teams. Uh, Vegas is loaded. Colorado's loaded. 
it's going to come it's, again. It's going to come down to which team is going to steal a win away from home. Both mm. these teams had twenty plus wins at home during the year. This, this the only it's the only division that had three teams with twenty plus wins at home. Mm. And if they could, if again, it, it's going to come down to whether or not either of those teams can steal a game from at the other's arena and make it a series. I, I, I don't think. I don't think any of those. T- if and if it goes up three one, I I don't I, I don't, I'm not gonna be surprised if either team comes back, whether or not it's Vegas or Colorado. This is probably the toughest series to call. I mean, it's hmm. I, either of them could win it and advance to the semifinal. Uh, I I think I just think uh, hmm. <laughs> it, it's hmm. tough. It's it's funny because I had I had Vegas as one of my cup uh, teams. Playing for the Stanley Cup in in at the beginning of the year, my other was was Philly. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in Philly. Uh, but getting <laughs> back to the topic at hand, uh, I just think Vegas has too many veterans. They they they've got too much depth at forwards in forward scoring. They're low with vet, low with veterans. A lot of these guys are the core group that have been with the organization for all four years of existence. I I, I think I think Vegas will play. It'll take it in seven. Much to your chagrin. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like Colorado has been underrated um, as far as from the fan base goes, the just the outside looking in, so to say. And uh, so I'll give you my surprise. I'm going to go uh, Colorado in five over Vegas wow. in this series. So when I'm right, uh, you just remember that. And when I'm wrong, just forget about it. Uh, Hot Dad. takes from the sports though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, do you have any questions for Ryan? Um, again, I, I appreciate you being on and enjoying talking more about hockey. Um, of course, kept up a lot with the Predator series last week. It'd be really interesting to see. I hadn't seen Carolina a lot. They look very, very good. It will be interesting to see how far they can go. Um, last time you were on, I picked up that you, you know, you cover a lot of college hockey and I'm very, um, the Predators, I, I'm very encouraged by their young players. They did had some guys come up and play real well this year. But there are a couple of college prospects. One, of course, UMass won the Frozen Four, and they had a defenseman, Del Gazo or Del Gazo. I wonder how good you think he is or how, what potential he has to be a help in the future. And also the Connecticut goalie, Vomaka. Um, they've got him, signed him. wonder what you know about those two. I don't know a whole lot. I I I did a little research before uh, I came on, and by as, as far as, as as Nashville prospects go, and by all research, I'm in about five minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, I don't. I looked at the NHL. NHL had a dot uh, com had a column from back in December and gave uh, the top five prospects for uh, Nashville. I didn't see any of those players in that list. Uh, obviously, it'll have to be, it'll have to be uh, updated. Uh, the two players on the list who actually played in Nashville this year, Eli Tovenin, Tovenin, he had 22 points this year uh, with Nashville. Played a big part in their in their rally back in uh, back in late March, early April, uh, that kind of spurred them along to the playoff berth. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, 
and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, also, you have David Ference, who played, I mentioned him in the last podcast. Uh, he played at Boston U, uh, had had uh, had 43 points in 34 games in 2020, was considered a, a top 10 in the, <clears throat> he's a top 10 in the voting for Hobie, the Hobie Baker Award, which is basically the, the Heisman Trophy of college hockey. Uh, he played two games for the Predators this year, but I think it, I think he's probably going to spend a couple of weeks in Chicago just to get his legs under him, uh, and then probably join the team uh, next year. Uh, I'm looking at the other prospects here, and the one thing I always noticed that Nashville's good at is developing goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Bocoon picked up he picked him up in the expansion draft a bunch of years ago. Uh, he basically was first in line, and then came uh, Pekka Rene who has been with the team for what seems like forever. And now you got UC Soros, who has start, who's become a star uh, in the last, I think in the last couple of months, uh, a lot of people picking him up in their fantasy league, but they also got this other goaltending prospect. Uh, his name is Yaroslav Askarov. He's a, he's a Russian goaltender. He was considered the number, he's considered the number one prospect overall. He's only 18 years old. And he's going to spend a couple more years in, uh, in, in Russia, the only name I could think of that I can compare him to is Ilya Sorokin from the New York Islanders because he spent he was drafted by the Islanders, spent a couple of years in Russia, and now he's in the play, now he's making his name known in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's had a couple solid games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to it's going to take a while for him to develop. He's only 18 years old. He's probably going to play for the Russian national team during the the uh uh junior junior tournament, under 20 tournament, which is a big big junior tournament. I hope you'll see him in in the Russian uniform. Uh he's considered the number one prospect overall and he's played some he's played some big big uh big league hockey up, up over at the uh, KHL level with St. Petersburg. As we know, it used to be the Russian Red Army team of old uh, back in the Soviet days. Uh, but he's considered the number one prospect. Number two is Eli Toy, as I mentioned, Eli Toivonen. Uh, he played some. He played uh, in about forty games this year. Played a couple of games in the playoffs. Uh, then you've got Philip Thomas Tomasino, uh, who played with the Canadian junior team this past this past year in the tournament, he spent his year cause he, cause they couldn't play juniors in uh, auto or Ontario this year. Uh, he played, he, he played in, uh, he, he played in Chicago this year, uh, played 40 games with, played 33 games with them. And then lastly on the list is a forward named Igor Afanasayev, uh, who also played in, also played juniors in Canada, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, they canceled their season, uh, but he's high on their list too. So uh, he'll probably join the team according to NHL.com. Uh, he's not projected to play for another couple seasons either, but he's he's had some pretty good pretty good stats over in the uh, Russian first division. Uh, he'll probably stay there for a couple more years as to develop and then make his way over to the to uh, stateside of the United States. He was, he's our second round pick in 2019, uh, but he'll uh, he's considered one of their high ups uh, as as a pros- as far as prospects go 
Nashville did a great job with Pekka Rene at the end of the season. He played the last game of the regular season. Um, I mean, at home, the fans were great. The social media was phenomenal, uh, getting out stuff for yeah. Pekka Rene. He's meant a lot to the team. And you're right, you know, uh, Vokun was so popular for so many years. Dad, who was the goalie, um, with Vokun or right before Vokun Mike that played Dunham. before? Yeah, Dunham. That's Mike right. That, and Predators were always, the goalies were their favorites, it seemed like, but Vokun was a, a crowd favorite. Pecorine, phenomenal, had some great years. And now, uh, Juicy, uh, Jeus Saros, uh, is, is the guy. And you're right. They got a kid coming up in a couple of years. They drafted that's, that should be phenomenal as well. Last question I got for you, Ryan, is about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lose 4-2 in the opening round. There's a lot of question marks around that team. Um, what I heard a lot of was they weren't very tough. Um, and I did not watch any Penguins games, but Pat McAfee made it very clear that Sidney Crosby got his butt beat and nobody did anything about it. And so my question, I guess, to you is, <laughs> my question to you is, is what does a team like Pittsburgh, you got Washington that got eliminated in the first round also, and they've got some star power. What, what do these teams with the stars like Sidney Crosby have to do to get over, get back to that, that top spot in the NHL? Well, first of all, don't take your hockey advice from an ex-punter, uh, first of all. <laughs> uh, secondly, I, I, I don't think there needs to be a whole lot of changes with uh, with the Penguins. Uh, Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. Evgeny Malkin, uh, they got their core guys. Uh, goaltending is young uh, just with the Smith and uh, Tristan Jari. It's a, it's a young it's a young goaltending group. Uh, grittiness, they, had, they brought in Jeff Carter from L.A., uh, at the trade deadline to give them some little more, a little bit of grit, a little bit of time of the timely scoring. Uh, but I just think they just ran to a really good, really gritty, tougher Islanders team. Uh, and, and it's funny. I, I was, I was actually watching uh, the Rod Peterson show last week and they had a poll question of whether or not to stay the course, add some pieces or blow it up and restart in Pittsburgh. And majority of the majority of the people who voted said, they just need to add some pieces. So I think they just need mm-hmm. to add some – they probably just need to add some depth scoring for surely. Uh, they may have some guys over in Wilkes, over at Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the AHL that can bring along and help add to depth, add to the depth. Uh, that's probably the, probably the other problem with this year with a lot of teams was just the whole – was just the AHL had just such a short season and players didn't get a lot of ice time. You had taxi players coming in and out. Uh, because of COVID, um, but getting back to the original point, I just think the Penguins need to add some depth scoring. Not so much toughness, but just depth scoring. Maybe add a little bit of grit. We'll see what happens there. I mean, free agency is coming up quick. So we a lot of big names out there that are going to be either restricted or mm-hmm. unrestricted free agents. It's going to be a very entertaining offseason in terms of in terms of free agency. Uh, the draft, not so much, but free agency is definitely want to watch free agency for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll bring Ryan back or in the off season to talk some hockey additions and things looking for those free. Cause they're right. There's some big, big names going to be out there, uh, this year for sure. Ryan, tell everybody where's the best way so that they can follow you and catch you on your programs. Okay. So my personal Twitter account is at who is Ryan MCC. Uh, that is my personal Twitter account for all my sports takes and other, for other life takes. Uh, no credentials required. It's uh, it's our, it's our, it's my uh, locally 
uh, crafted a podcast. I just I transitioned from uh, from covering national sports to local sports. I'll be covering Albany area sports in New York, in the capital region. So you can find the belly up. You can find the, ch- the Twitter channel is at belly up NCR. New episodes every Wednesday and around for the weekend. I'm going to be trans. I'm actually going to be uh, trans- transitioning out of around for the weekend, making that a regular Friday program for no credentials required. Uh, but that is at belly up AFTW. Uh, how about three more episodes of that? And then we transition over to uh, no credentials required for, for uh, Friday night, uh, Friday night thing. So that's where you can find everything. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Ryan, thanks so much for being back on with us, taking a couple minutes here uh, this afternoon to record and uh, we'll keep up with you. We'll talk to you again here in the future. All right, good talking with you, with you Stover family. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Dad, we're going to wrap up. We're going to talk some quick basketball and a little bit of baseball uh, as well. we got a few minutes left in the program. Uh, let me jump to basketball real quick. Uh, but we've got a USA men's three-on-three uh, team losing to the Netherlands and therefore will not qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. Dad, did you know that the Olympics were going to have men's three-on-three basketball this year? I did not. I had <laughs> not heard that before. Um, from there, it's interesting. I mean, it's so popular, and I know the Olympics have tried to you know, get into sports, not just stay with the traditional-type stuff, uh, even in the Winter Olympics. So it, it makes some sense. I didn't know there was anything you know, upper-level three-on-three at all. But uh, I definitely didn't know it was going to be in the Olympics. Uh, it was hard to believe, though, you'd do anything with a basketball and the USA would get eliminated. Yeah. Joey King led the way for the USA team. He played at the University of Minnesota. Robbie Hummel from Purdue is on the team. Kareem Maddox played at Princeton. And then a guy named Dominique Jones on the team as well. They did not qualify. They won the 2019 uh, World Cup, but uh, but could not qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. One thing that's making it harder to qualify this year, according to uh, the article that I read, is they are leaving some spots open for uh, nations that do not qualify for the five-on-five tournament to get a team in there. So that way, kind of every nation gets a chance to some degree. Uh, then the NBA playoffs are in full swing as well. Uh, Philadelphia up 3-0 on Washington. Atlanta is up 3-1 on the Knicks. Milwaukee swept the Heat. Brooklyn up 2-1. They play tonight uh, on Boston. Boston won game three. Utah is up 2-1 on Memphis. The Clippers are up 1-2 on Dallas. Excuse me, down uh, 2-1. Dallas is up 2-1 on the Clippers. Uh, Luka Doncic has been quite entertaining, although he is a little dinged up. They play again tonight also. Uh, Denver and Portland are tied at 2-2. That's an interesting battle. And then the Lakers and Phoenix, Lakers leading 2-1, although as we record, they are currently playing game number four. And uh, in L.A. right now, uh, that game is going on as well. Dad, I know you don't watch a lot of NBA, but uh, you know one thing that you mentioned before was the Luka Doncic and, and the entertainment value behind Luka. Um, I mean, NBA playoffs right now. Well, actually, I want to go to this. We're running out of time, so I want to transition to this quickly. Uh, the New York Knicks, they're down 3-1. They're probably going to get eliminated here in the first round. Um, a lot of a lot of younger generations don't understand Knicks basketball because they've been kind of bad <laughs> for a while. So what does it mean for the New York Knicks? What are they to, to basketball, I guess? 
Um, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I listen a little bit on the radio to guys in New York, and um, they're very disappointed, you know, that it's getting to be a close series. Um, haven't kept up much with Atlanta, but um, it look, that's been a really good series, and it's wide open. Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta's got a phenomenal roster. I mean, not like superstar roster, but as far as talent goes, Atlanta's got a great roster uh, as well. Then High School Basketball announced, uh, there was an article out on this as well. They are doing an 18, 10-game um, season uh, league, I guess. Then they'll have a postseason tournament, Oak Hill, Monteverde, IMG Academy, Sunrise Christian Academy, Wasatch Academy, La Lumiere School, and then two more teams that have yet to be announced will be a part of this high school league. It really just creating opportunity for scouts to come in and see the top players in the nation play against each other. So you'll actually get to see them kind of competing against each other and everything there. All right. Dad, I think you're kind of breaking up a little bit, so let me see if we still got you. Um, what are your thoughts on the high school tournament? Nope, we lost him. We got him a little a little broken up there. We're going to give him a second to come back and rejoin us uh, here in just a second. This happens occasionally uh, here as well. This high school tournament is interesting because one of the things that you're dealing with in this high school tournament is, or this high school league, I guess, is in the past you've got these great players and they'll play one or two games um, and against the top opponents, but then they'll kind of uh, play easy games, I guess, the rest of the time. So this league is going to provide an opportunity for NBA teams and scouts to see top-level talent playing against each other and only against top-level talent. So it'll be easier, I think, for college coaches to see this is exactly what they are. This is how they look against other um, opponents that that are in the same kind of category as them as well. And so, you know, it, I think it's going to be a good thing overall, especially for opportunities for these kids to get seen there in front of uh, in front of scouts. All right, so, Dad, give me what your thoughts are on the high school basketball league. Well, I, again, I think all the things are changing in amateur sports. I think mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that this will totally be good. These are all private schools, and there will be private schools that are in there. So, obviously, you're going to have the top players looking about I mean, the recruiting thing for these private schools with this kind of exposure <laughs> is going to be unbelievable. I mean, Oak Hill's always had good people go to them. A lot of these schools, IMG here lately, both football and basketball, you know, they're getting everybody going there. Um, now, it, you know, you go to eight teams and they, they expand it beyond there. Um, you know, the, the, the recruiting thing, I mean, kids are going to want to go there. So maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, the recruiting won't have to be too hard. Um, but, you know, definitely that's going to be the place to go, um, you know, to be there. And then depending on what the NBA does and when they start taking people in, again, you know, these schools are going to be, be interesting because they're going to have, you know, more than five or six good players. I mean, they're, they're going to have, you know, so it depends on the coaching and a lot of things there. How much exposure does everyone get? I think it's going to change high school basketball at least. You know, you say, well, it's just eight schools. 
but I think it'll have a big impact. I know the last few years there's been more high school games. Um, back in my day, there was Christmas tournaments, and teams would cross over states and get exposure that way. Um, they play in, in those, and then now the last few years you've had on TV, um, you know, high school basketball, um, big names playing each other to get exposure there. Be kind of interested to see who these next two teams are. And uh, again, I think they'll pretty much have to be private schools, um, but I don't know. I mean, there's some names when I think of high school, DeMatha Catholic and different ones that always have been there. So it'll be interesting to see um, and be interesting to see how this changes things. Well, and you got Sierra Canyon, which has LeBron James's kid on it. You have to think that they're doing their best to get them in this league as well. They've had uh, Dwayne Wade's kid. They've had some of the top. B.J. Boston was there. They've got some of the top players there as well. I would assume they're working to get them in, but we will see on that. Doesn't this murky the waters of amateurs getting paid? Because if you have a league with eight of the top high schools in there, you know it's going to be sponsored. You know the money's going somewhere. You know, the shoe companies are just salivating over this as well. And there's already so many issues with uh, amateur players receiving money and just getting it just dangerously close to just inviting these creeps uh, in to just causing all kinds of problems uh, when it comes to paying people under the table and stuff like that. So I guess that's my question. Do you think this this league is going to open the door to more problems when it comes to paying amateurs? Uh, to play, especially high school kids? Oh, I, I think it will. I don't think there's any doubt about that because, again, there's going to be a lot of recruiting, a lot of wanting to get people there. And you get eight teams and, you know, they each have at least 10 really good guys. You talk about the shoe companies and that, these are the guys they want. I mean, they're all going to be yeah. for them. Um, you know, um, I mean, you, you they, people don't have to go look around now. I mean, you know, you can be right there at these games and, um, very, very visible. And, um, I think it'll even murky the waters about college. Yeah. You know, I don't think this will probably be a help to college basketball in the long run. Yeah. All right, we're going to transition. We're going to get to our last topic today, and that's Major League Baseball. Before we get there, though, uh, we have been partnered with Skull Candy for quite some time now. They've been good to us. Dad, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about Skull Candy? Well, i tell you what, whether you're looking for true wireless freedom or total musical immersion, now's the time to score a deal on Skull Candy Audio. $20 off on their feature-packed indie Evo earbuds, or $30 off on active noise-canceling Hesh ANC headphones. Again, all you have to do is click the Skull Candy link uh, in the YouTube comments or in the podcast notes to get these great deals uh, that you'll really enjoy. Thanks, Dad. Yes, click those links, the, the links that we give you on the YouTube comments and on the podcast notes. When you click that link, they know then that you listen to the Sports Stove Podcast, and so it helps us. If you'll use those links, we would surely appreciate it. Dad, let's wrap it up talking about some baseball here. I saw an interesting stat today on Twitter from the Cleveland Indians, well, actually from Bally Sports, which broadcasts the Indians' baseball games. They said, Josh Naylor, uh, the player for the Indians, became the first Canadian-born player to hit a home run against the Toronto Blue Jays. To me, that was a mind-boggling stat. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, <laughs> I too much time looking up things like that, but um, <laughs> I don't look it up. It came up for me, but uh, but yeah, I mean, how, that so I wonder how many Canadians are in Major League Baseball because that seems like that would be such a strange thing to not have happened before. Um, then I also, before we talk about just teams in general, the Cy Young uh, odds are changing uh, almost on a weekly basis right now. Right now, Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole are the leading uh, odds getters for the Cy Young Award in the NL and the AL. Also in the National League, you got deGrom, Corbin Burns, Trevor Bauer, Hugh Darvish, and Brandon Woodruff, so two Brewers in that list. And in the American League, you've got Cole, Shane Bieber, uh, Glass now in Tampa, Rodon in Chicago, and Lance Lynn. He's a long shot at the moment. Um, is there been anything so far about the baseball season that's caught you? Uh, anything that's caught your eye or anything that's surprised you? Well, I, it really has because you know we went over all the different divisions time, so I looked at it a lot more. And I'm not sure you know just two months into it. Um, for sure, how big of an impact it is. I'm anxious to see what you think. But um, I noticed there's, uh, you know, 30 teams, so there's 15 that are 500 or better right now, and 15 are under 500 already. I don't know if that's normal or not. Um, you know, and we both said as we looked at it, you know, pretty much it looks like the Yankees and the Dodgers, and we'll see what happens. And today they're both in third place in their division. So, um surprises uh no doubt about that now some have been surprises and faded already um there uh, again i've always kind of been a giants fan and i'm a little bit surprised and they've hung in there um i was interested when you start talking about the cy young if the giant pitcher was going to get any recognition yet he's had a very good year um and i don't know that they'll hang in there san diego looks really really good um as far as trying to catch them um is concerned but otherwise you know i i think most of the teams that we talked about um you know doing well are, are the leaders um a couple probably aren't doing as well as you know people would expect it yeah minnesota has probably been the biggest surprise as far as bad play goes they're 21 and 30 um it's it's been really really ugly for Minnesota. On the other hand, Oakland started off slow, but they've come back around and they're leading their division right now. The Yankees four and a half games back on Tampa and uh, three and a half games back on Boston in their division. The Red Sox have been a lot better, I think, than people anticipated. Uh, there, White Sox leading the Central. Cleveland three and a half back. Kansas City's finally fading. They were up there for a while, but they're fading back. A little bit. Houston's hanging in there right behind Oakland as well in the AL West. National League, uh, boy, that National League East started off really, really bad. And they've only got one team over 500 right now in the East, and that's the New York Mets. Um, the Mets home record 15 and five at home. One of the best in the, uh, the entire major league baseball. Atlanta having some issues. Uh, Marcel Ozuna, um, gets arrested this week for uh, domestic violence charges. And we'll see kind of what plays out there. His wife has been arrested for domestic abuse before too. So, you know, it's probably not a great household uh, there. So we'll see how that goes down. But Atlanta with a lot of young talent, they're really struggling this year. Uh, Philadelphia also 25 and 28 at this moment. 
Um, not not expecting that, or I wasn't expecting that at least. And they have a minus twenty three run differential as well. In the Central, you've got the Cardinals, who I think are the best team in the Central. They lead by a half a game over the Cubs, who've made a a huge uh, um, you know comeback. Basically, they were way down towards the bottom. They're on a six game win streak. They're eight and two in their last ten games. Milwaukee's trying to hold on. There's their two and a half back. Cincinnati's fading. Pittsburgh is not good. And then, like you said, in the West, San Diego, San Francisco, and the Dodgers are the top three. San Francisco is a surprise. They're at 32 and 20, um, 12 games over 500. They have a plus 63 run differential, but San Diego seems to be the best team right now. They're the Dodgers, man, they've got the talent. So if they make the playoffs, I'd be scared to death to face them. Um, but, They've, they've struggled at different places, really on the road. They're 14 and 13 on the road. Um, that's where they, they haven't been able to get it done. So they're going to have to pick up their road. And I believe the schedule, uh, allows them to make some ground up because I believe you play a lot more division games later in the season as well. So they'll, they'll have a chance to catch up, but it's been kind of a weird baseball season so far. Um, Fantasy baseball wise, has there been a player on your fantasy baseball team that has helped you and you're sitting there going, wow, I'd, you know, I'd like to claim great knowledge and that's why I picked him up, but he really surprised me. <laughs> well, um, I, really, you know, my team is doing pretty good, as you know, in this league, not doing good this week, but otherwise, um, probably Posey has really surprised me. Yeah. I mean, he's one of my top, you know, hitters. Um, I don't think there's any doubt, you know, he's surprised some of the other guys that were supposed to be good. I think they're doing real well. Ben Attendi is doing really well. Uh, and he's been a help and, um, pitching wise, you know, again, um, Gosman, you know, better than I thought he would have been. And I've been able to pick up, um, the guy from the White Sox, was it Rodon or Rodon? Rodon, yeah. Rodon. And, you know, he's having a great year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but, um, yeah, a lot of these players, I think, you know, it's always that way with fantasy, you know, it's a prediction and you don't know until you get going, but it uh, looks like a lot of players doing well. When we started recording this podcast, I was blowing you out in fantasy baseball this week. As it sits at this very second, we are tied in <laughs> fantasy baseball. So there's that. Uh, but nonetheless, um, all right, we've taken enough of, enough of everybody's time today. Um, thank you for listening today. Do go and visit those links in the podcast notes or on the YouTube comment section for Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. Yeti is new, uh, newly partnered with us, so make sure that you um, go out, take a click on the link, look around a little bit, even if you don't buy anything, uh, look and see what's available uh, there as well. Then, of course, Belly Up Sports as well. Go to bellyupsports.com. And uh, we're excited. We're excited to pump out some more content. We've got some guests that we're working on getting scheduled and excited about what's ahead with there. Um, if you know Nate Oates, would you give him a shout out and say, hey, go on the sports stove because his gatekeeper um, is really good at keeping the gate closed. So uh, let's 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 work on getting him him on the podcast. Uh, we have been denied by the gatekeeper at the University of Alabama, but we're going to keep we're going to keep plugging away at that one. Uh, nonetheless, but we've got other great guests that we've got planned coming. So keep, uh, keep an eye out. We're hoping to have another episode out Tuesday night, dropping a Wednesday morning, uh, for you as well. Uh, but outside of that, 
Uh, Dad, thanks for being back with us. We had Ryan McCarthy on today, too. We want to thank Ryan for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk a little bit of hockey with us as well. And then lastly, before we sign off, I want to shout out to Shaka Cummings, co-host of the FN Sports Podcast. Uh, he announced this week that he's going to be stepping away from the podcast as he is uh, getting more degrees, uh, going going and getting the master's, and he's already busy teaching and things. And so we love Parker and Shaka and their program. Parker will still be doing the podcast, uh, but just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Shaka Cummings, and, uh, and good luck, Shaka, in all your future endeavors as well. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.